that is crazy so you and your sister tony who's amazing who <laughs> i had the pleasure of meeting tony's my girl he's um, on fire oh my gosh like i remember when you introduced me to her like way back when and she was like i like her like she said i'm like i'm right here <laughs> Like, I'm making eye contact, lady. I'm making oh everything you're saying. I'm like, I'm right here. Hello. <laughs> oh, so, um, so you and Tony just went out there. I mean, Tony's doing her thing. Yeah. And you have done so much. Um, first of all, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about you being a West Indian man in Toronto. How has that impacted it impacted the decisions that you've actually made? Because mm -hmm. it, yeah. Go ahead. I was like, in which area of life? Well, in in every area, in every single yeah, thing you've done, I'm... because um, a lot of times, and I'll tell you where I'm leading with this. Um, I'm probably leading to the race, playing the race card with this, because right. a lot of times um, people <coughs> Canadians and they say, um, "Oh, they're this one big melting pot." Like everybody's so like. Um, together, like there's so many mixes and so many, and everybody appreciates everybody. How was, how was you? No. How, how did, how did Lies. that Lies. Lies. <laughs> uh, people tolerate each other in this country, which is different from accepting them. Hmm. There's a big difference between those two things. So we, we, you know, people of different cultures and different colors, are tolerated, which means you are you are allowed to exist. You're allowed to take part. You're allowed to sit at the table. You're allowed. You are allowed by the person giving you the permission. Tolerance. They preach tolerance, not acceptance. Tolerance, and that's a. Why do, those why are do not, you say that? Why do you say that? Acceptance is for me is like, you know, Ricardo, you must have something valuable to contribute. You're here. Tolerance is, okay, Ricardo, what do you have to say? It's, it's not the same thing. It's not even close to being the same experience, uh, living, engaging, contributing. It's you're always second, third, or fourth. You're, oh, let's hire a black guy. Let's hire a black woman. Let's, like, it's, it's an afterthought. It's, it's like the sprinkling on top of the cake. You're not part of the main ingredient that goes into essentially making the cake what the cake is and that type of thinking as a, as a pervasive way of being uh in the culture within this country um really uh is doing it a disservice because there's so many valuable creative uh brilliant people from other cultures that are being tolerated rather than accepted you're not looking for them to win. You're not looking for them to lead. You're looking for them to sit quietly while you lead. And just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just here to check a box and smile for a picture. When I can't add my value to the company, I can't add my thoughts to the company. The reason I do a lot of these projects is because I'm frustrated. I, uh, Black in Canada, my own business, like I was working in corporate. I was doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that... That came about because of, of uh, frustration of not seeing myself reflected in the media, in anywhere, in any way that resembled anything in my life. 
So I start, I, I'm, again, I tell you, I, I get, I'm, I'm that kid that will go deep. When I get, when I get an itch, I'm going to scratch it. And I'm going to be like, if everybody I'm seeing on TV that looks like me or sounds like me is either bouncing a ball or having a ball, I'm like, there's a problem. Huh. Where are the doctors? Where are the TV anchors? Where are the stay-at-home moms? Where are the people who are just a nurse? Where are the people who are just a doctor? Where are the people who are uh, the engineers and the scientists and just average cats just living their life? You know, and, and it's because that doesn't fit the narrative of other people's expectations of who I am and who we are. Uh, it never gets shown because they're like, eh, it's a one-off. You're a different black guy, Ricardo. I like you. You're not like the others, like that kind of shit, you know? And it's, it's so offensive to my being that, that, uh, that I created black in Canada because I wanted, I wanted to show how normal success and excellence was in my community. I wanted to show just how average brilliance is in our community. Just like we walk it around like if it ain't no thing. And like, look at this brilliant podcast and this show you created. It's brilliant. And for... Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and uh, I see that in everybody in our community. I see the brilliance, I see the love, I see the beauty, the strength, the amazingness, and we just walking around, you know? Black Panther comes out and it's like, everyone is- I know, I know. And it's like, and it, and oh, it's, but, like but, but it's like, Ricard, I think we, we, meant, we spoke about that a little bit uh, recently. It's like, as black people, we don't even know our own strengths. Yeah. You know, like- I'll, you, I'll tell you a quote someone told me this about Black Panther. He said, mm -hmm. uh, he was looking at the poster you went to see the movie and he was crying. And he said, you know, I feel just looking at this right now, just seeing myself and my culture and my people represented in such a powerful, beautiful, amazing way. He's like, this is what white people get to feel like every day. He said, it's the first time in my life, I'm 40 something, I get to feel like that. He said, it's the first day in my life I get to feel like that. And, and that ties back to Black and Canada. I'm like, that's why I created it. I wanted big, beautiful pictures of black people who are alive, not a black and white photo of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and not the dog, anybody else. But I'm like, I want people who are alive. I want people I could Facebook inbox. I want people who I could email who are doing great things right now, who are breathing, who are making costumes in movies, who are shooting films, who are like everything. I have 90 different categories on there. And I deliberately leave out sports and entertainment. I think there's like five people out of 300 that do sports. And that's because like they won an Olympic medal and like, okay, fine, I'll put you in. But I'm like, I deliberately leave that out because it's overrepresented as if that is what we are. And it's not. Because it seems that that is what sort of brought us out there on the scene and everybody kind of just, oh, this one black kid is doing really good, plays really good ball and they can really score some goals and we can win with this really black kid. So, hey, let's let's put them in there. And I remember looking at a, looking at a video on, I think it was, it was something that somebody extracted from CNN where, um, or it's Fox. It was one of the, one of the TV networks. I don't want to 
quote the wrong one. <laughs> it was one of the networks. And they were saying that um, she was, well, this woman was actually making fun of LeBron. And she was saying, hey, yeah. he has, like, in a nutshell, she's like, go play basketball, shut your mouth. Yeah. You don't shut know your mouth about politics. You yeah. know, and he's, and he's tolerated, he's not accepted. You see what I'm saying? Exactly, that's what I'm talking exactly. about. Like, that's, you can be here as long as I'm not offended. And the minute I, you're here at my pleasure, that's tolerance. I don't want nobody to tolerate me. And, and I'll give you a quote from Shannon Sharp. He said this, it was so beautiful. I internalized this. He goes, you don't need to respect me, but you'll be, I'll be damned if you disrespect me. Now, and, now I'm going to go on our feed because we have some people who are making comments and who are oh, contributing. Cool. And I want to be able to Can sort of pull out some of, some of what um, they're saying. Um, hey, people. I, I'm, I'm going to, for example, um, we have Oyan uh, who says he seems to be painting a broad brush, which makes me disagree. I respect his, his views more if they were mostly based on his own experience. I don't even want you to answer. Bricks, I don't want you to answer because I'm going to kind of burst the bubble. <laughs> I, I want to be the bubble. I go in and answer. Okay, answer. Let me tell you, Oyan, every single thing I speak of is from my personal experience. I'm not talking about uh, ideas and culture and society. These these are things that I live, I breathe, uh, very specific to my life. And also, just because I didn't personally experience something doesn't mean I can't understand it. I am just as offended for LeBron James as I am if she said that that obnoxious statement to me. Because I don't have to... We have to stop isolating these things as if they're isolated incidents. They're not. There, it's, it's a broader, pervasive way of being in culture that we have to start addressing. And it's not an isolated incident. And when somebody offends my brother, it, 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 it offends me just as much. Or my sister, like, I lose my... Anyway, yeah, I, I take it personally. But most of what I'm speaking about uh, comes from very, very personal experience with these things. Um, Jarrell says, uh, or to, they play the diversity card. You are here because we have to have a black guy to show that we are diverse and, inclu and inclusive. Right. Uh, so that's, that's one other comment that we're receiving and we'll, we'll bring up the comments as they come. Um, but even hearing you talk, even about black in Canada, um, someone might say to, to you, if, because I know you. Unlike, yeah. unlike most of the viewers right now, most <laughs> yeah. of the people are going to be listening. Someone would be so surprised to hear a black man speak like this about wanting to be accepted and not tolerated about, about um, wanting to see more of um, black people be the face of things, be the creator. Yeah. I don't want to be accepted. I know I'm not accepted. I'm not trying to be accepted anymore. By anybody. And some of my, I'm, some of my things. I give zero you. Fs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not trying to get anywhere. I'm like, I'm living my life. Period. But, I'm but not. Ricardo, somebody might, someone might think that you're, you're sort of racist or you have racial issues, and they would be surprised to know that you're actually married to a white woman. Yeah, how, that, that, how, that could surprise how does that? How does that connect with? Yeah. With your your entire um, outlook on how you promote black excellence. How exactly yeah. does that connect? How do you, how do you feel on a day-to-day -day basis? How did you even meet? How did you end up marrying a white? Yeah. 
person. She's a lovely person. You know, I'm yeah, not even she's incredible. No, no attack whatsoever. Um, but but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here because you you promote so much black excellence. You know, yes, a sister might be saying he didn't find a sister to marry. You know, yeah, a sister yeah. might be thinking and saying, why didn't he pick out a sister and marry her? They're not, they're not might yeah. thinking it. They say it. They're straight up to it. <laughs> it's <clears throat> how did we meet? Uh, we met in a tanning salon of all places. I was. <laughs> You're tanning your toes? <laughs> standing my bottom of my feet. I'm like, I want to be black through and through. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> I was doing some design work for the woman that owned it. And uh, she was the best friend of the owner. And she was busy and said, she was, lived next door. And was like, yo, could you come by and uh, uh, just hang out with this guy for a minute? I got to do some stuff. And we ended up talking. And in about three minutes of talking, we got into like real talk, like my connection to the nation of Islam and, you know, the like, like deep talk. Like in three minutes, we were like, Going for it. And I was like, oh, you want to know? Yeah, I used to go to the mosque, you know? You want to know well, you know? <laughs> and uh, we end up, she lived in my neighborhood and we ended up uh, going out. We just met like for coffee or something like a couple of times. And uh, I asked her out on a date because every time I met her, just she just seemed more interesting and the conversation just got deeper and deeper. And I said, would you like to go on a date? Cause I didn't think she'd be interested in me and I wasn't uh, looking for, uh, I'll put it flat. I was just looking for a black woman to marry. That's, it was on my profile on like, I was on eHarmony. It was like black woman only. It was, you know, on and on. I was like, I was just, this is what I'm doing. And I'm like, I don't think she's interested in me, Nike. But she's interesting. I'm like, she was just really interesting and intriguing to me. And I'm like, let's go on a date. And we went on a date. And in the middle of that first date, I asked her to marry me. And I said, do you want to spend the rest of your life with me? And I remember like leading up to that, I was like, look, I'm about to say something. And it's going to either end this date immediately or it'll be amazing. I said, there will be no in between. She's like, okay, like, could we get the entree first or something? And I'm like, no, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I'm like, I knew this was the woman I wanted to die with. I'm like, if I was going to die, I'd want you there. And I'm like, I just knew it. Like, just, I just knew that. And it, she didn't look like what I thought she would look like. Like none of it matched, but I'm like, I had to let go of my own ideas of what I thought my future would look like. And we had conversations on the very first day. I was like, yo, uh, I'm not a, regular black person who's just like yo i'm just trying to do the white like look i am pro pro black like all the time I'm, i talk like this i don't care who i'm in front of i don't care i don't change the way i speak based on who's in the room like i know sometimes you're in a room or whatever and somebody white comes in everyone's like oh you gotta wash your mouth like, i wash my mouth i i, <laughs> I work for myself i don't owe and like I, nobody you can't fire me i'm like self-employed you know i'm like so i that freedom, I've been living that for 10, 15 years of my life. So I'm just, as my sister would put it, I'm off plantation, like way off. Like I, I, I cuss elected officials in public. Like it's, it's not, I am really hard to rein in because I actually owe nobody anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm totally self-sufficient. And 
I love it. And the freedom that that gives me to actually speak my mind whenever and wherever I want um, allows me to go ahead. Do you get the, the turn up nose when you guys walk around? Do you like what? What, what do you? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. You get the you get the side eye. You get the like. Listen, I know myself. I know why I married this woman. I know why she's the love of my life. And one of the very first things we talked about was just like, uh, you know, it's it's what's going on. Like, like who are you? What's going like? deep questions about race and racism and all that stuff was like among the very first conversations we had about anything. And, uh, yeah, just, we just, we're just together. It's like, I had to ask myself this question. If I met someone or I went for a job or I was doing something and someone said, you know, you're awesome, but I can't hire you because you're black. Would that be wrong? It'd be a couple, every black was, of course that's wrong. Right. Of course I'm wrong. Like, really? Of course it's wrong. Now, if it's wrong there, it's wrong on the other side. So as Mr. Pro-Black, is it wrong to tell a woman, I know you're the one I should be with, but I'm not going to be with you because you're white? Is that wrong? It, that's what I have to ask myself. And I'm like, time to eat your own medicine, Ricardo. If you think everybody's the same, then everybody's the same. Here you go. What do you think? Now it's my turn to eat my own medicine. My own, uh, yeah. Practice and what you, you preach. And you guys have created a company, Wedge 15. Tell us yeah. a little bit about, about that. Oh, man. We actually just shut that company down a few months ago to, to move into FinServe. But it's, yeah, we created, I had my company, branding, design, web. Uh, she left, when we met, she left corporate, started her own business doing uh, consulting in social media. And we were living here and just kind of, subcontracted each other for about a year, <laughs> make sure. And then uh, eventually merged the two companies to create Wedge 15 when uh, when when we uh, when we got married. We waited till we got married to actually merge, but we were doing business together from day one. Like she moved in within two, three weeks of us meeting. Like it freaked everybody wow. in our life out. Like, <laughs> like we met, went on that date, I asked her to marry me and we didn't leave each other's side for like two straight years. Like we were within 15 feet of each other at all times for two straight years. Cause we worked and lived from home and it's a one bedroom place. So I'm like, I could reach out and touch her every day for two years. Like I think in a year, I think we were physically apart total two weeks and that included someone holidays has, and a trip to a different country. Someone has a question for you. Uh, where do you draw the line between being pro-black and anti-white? Because for non-blacks, there's a very thin line. Yeah, and they're, they're quite fragile. About that? Yeah, she calls me Black Thor. She goes, dude, you're about to go off on me. <laughs> no, look, you see what I talk and now? This is what I talk all the time. I don't, I don't change it because anybody's around my wife. Like, this is how I talk, period. This is, this is like... So you don't see black and white. You just a union listen i know for a fact that race does not exist i know that for a fact but i'm not stupid enough to believe that everybody else believes that i know i understand that within a context of the world everybody else believes that that is absolutely real and i have to respond to that it's just like i don't believe in traffic lights so i'm just no everybody else is following the lights if you drive through the lights you're gonna get it 
So I understand the context with which I live and experience the world. And if everybody else believes something, I have to sort of, I can't go against the tide that much. Otherwise I need to go live in the hills and hunt rabbits and, you know, grow corn or something. Like I'm not that much of a pariah. I live downtown Toronto. So it's, I know what I know. And I also know where I am and I have to live within that reality. And it's like dance those two, two lines of like, this shit ain't real, but like, we got to deal with it. Like it's real. Tell us a little and bit about, yeah. There was another yeah. question before about how does my wife feel about my yeah, pro-blackness? Yeah. Uh, I think I got that. I, I figured if, <laughs> if, if she didn't like it, she wouldn't have married me. I'm like, I, uh, this, that's how she met me. Like, I, I, I am not dialing it back or changing. I, I, I doing what I'm doing. I'm, like, this is my commitment. And it's, and it's not anti-white. I'm like, pro-black is not anti-white. And I'm like, if a white person were to say that, I'm like, look, stop being fragile. Again, look at how colonial colonialism has shaped your mind to believe that everything is for you and about you. Even my positiveness about myself is anti you. That's how much you think everything is about you. It's like, calm down a minute. It ain't about you. It's about me. <laughs> so it's like, stop trying to bring the attention back to you. We're just talking about pro-black. It has nothing to do with anti-white. When did I say anti-white? When did I say anything about white people being mad? I never did. I just said, I love black. I know what it is. I know my people. I know my history. I'm like, I read the books. I study the shit. I'm like, I follow, like, ask me a question. You know, I'm like, I, I know what I know and I'm not, I'm proud of it. And it's the best part of me. And if, if it bothers you, you know, you got some explaining to do, not me. I have nothing to explain. I'm awesome. <laughs> Tell about your, um, your, the financial advisor part of Ricardo. Uh, because yeah. people don't know that you, in, including, you know, Creole, we've spoken a lot about, about, about black in Canada because race always kind of gets people going, eh? Asking questions and everything. We can't answer all the questions. <laughs> we can post all the questions. Um, but we would love to, but we can't, unfortunately. Because I'll try to jump in the chat after and, and, and get some comments going on there. We'll see. What, yes. Um, but but you you've you mentioned being an artist you've done paintings you've had your mm -hmm. paintings sold you've Many of them, for yeah. good money too <laughs> for good money um but you're also a financial advisor or a financial broker why did you decide to go into that aspect and and what what of what about keeping people's finances because you've done the marketing aspect you've done the consulting mm -hmm. you've done all these different things why now go, go into finances and tell us a little bit about that Look. Uh, unbeknownst to me, this this kind of got presented in my life. I wasn't looking to become a financial advisor. But after the, the opportunity presented itself and I started to look at it deeply and look at my life and what I'm committed to, I realized that this actually fulfilled everything I'm committed to in my life, including Black excellence. And the only thing, like, here are the aspects of my life. I'm like, I want to be wealthy. I want to be financially free for just because I want it and I, I deserve it because I'm awesome. And anybody with my level of talent should be bloody wealthy. Uh, my community should be wealthy. My people should be wealthy. Like the only thing that that's really a problem in as if black people have a problem, but black people don't need fixing, but just stay with me for a minute. The only thing that black people need right now is just money. Like if we had money, it would change things. It would change 
where we live. It will change the schools we go to. It will change the food we buy. It will change our health. It will change uh, our children's future and understanding how money works. Like we live in a capitalist society. And if you don't understand how capital works, you, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get served, so to speak. And we've been served for, for many, many generations. And shit, we were money at one point. We were capital in this country. So nobody taught anybody in our, con in our communities about capital because we were the property. Uh -huh. So it's, it's not a shame that we don't know. It's a shame that nobody taught us. And that's their bad. <laughs> there, there's no shame on me or my community about that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, you, you gotta, knowing about money and how it works and how to make subtle changes that you get the outcome you want uh, is incredibly rewarding for me. Uh, when I'm able to help people with, uh, with their finance, when I help get a young woman, a friend of mine out of debt, she was $30,000 in credit card debt, couldn't get out from under it, couldn't get out from under it. We are able to make one shift, no new money coming in, no new uh, payments, exact same payments. She paid off her full debt in 24 months. She's debt question. free right now. We have a question. Her next week saying... to do investments now. <laughs> are you saying we need shared money? Someone just asked. Well, I don't understand what shared money mean. I, I think you mean, do we need to pool our money as black people? Yes, that is part of it. But what I'm talking about is personal responsibility for money. Like, I need to make sure my money's straight before we start sharing it. You need to make sure your money's straight before we start sharing anything. Like, it's, it's if we're both coming from positions of power when it comes to money, then that becomes superpower. And that's what I want for people. That's what I want for families. That's what I want people to understand. And, and it's truly a, a, a blessing that, that, that I'm even, we're opening, opening an office and, like, just about everybody that office is Black. And it's 4,000 square feet and... It's you show up in there and it's like 80 black people talking about money. I, I get goosebumps when I go to work. Like that's where I go to work. Like I get to teach that. I get to transform people's lives. I get to transform their children's lives and generations down the road. They're going to know my name. They're going to be like, yeah, that guy Ricardo told me some stuff. And because of that, I'm a millionaire. And it's not like, oh, you'll be a millionaire. kind. Of, like I know you'll be a millionaire. We've done the numbers and we put the stuff together and it's like, you're going to be a millionaire. I could tell you the year it's going to happen. And it's like, oh, I, I, you can't tell me I'm not awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I, like, like that is helping black people. And that is, that is my ultimate expression of what it is I want to do on this earth is help people. So I've found that being creative within this, because it's not about one plus two plus three equals the right answer. It's like, you have to be creative. So I'm pulling creativity. I'm pulling uh, business. I'm pulling my my love for black people in the black community. I get to work with black men and women about money and like transforming their lives and members of our community. Like it's everything I've ever wanted to do. I didn't even know it. And it's so rewarding to talk to single moms with three kids and set them up in such a way that I know, I don't think your kids going to be all right. I know they're going to be all right. <laughs>